What is going on, everybody? My name is Gabe. And I'm Matt. And welcome to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And today we're back at it with another album review. And uh, Matt, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about what we're talking about today? Yeah, absolutely. So we're actually going to be talking about The Last 10 Seconds of Life and their self-titled record. So titled The Last 10 Seconds of Life, uh, which was released on the 28th of January through... Oh, it's a Unique Leader Records. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, who is The Last 10 Seconds of Life? They are composed of John Robert Santorino on vocals, Wyatt McLaughlin on guitars, Mike Mon- or, I'm sorry, Mike Menacher on bass, and then Steven Sanchez on drums. And we'll just not waste any time. Gabe, why don't you give us your first impressions? Yeah, um, first impressions, this one just felt kind of mediocre. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... Just kind of didn't really have a lot that grabbed my attention. There was a lot of kind of weird elements to it. Yeah. Uh, it there was elements that felt like corn, things that felt like Slipknot-esque, uh, things that kind of felt Deftones-ish, and, which kind of makes sense, actually, like after looking at their website. Uh, on their uh, website itself, they have written here um, about the uh, the new self-titled album, the career-defining new album from Pennsylvania's heaviest, straddling new metal, rock, death metal, and down-temple genres in equal measure. Last 10 Seconds of Life have created a magnum opus of a record that will appeal to fans of Korn and Slipknot as much as it will to fans of Alice in Chains or Pantera. Okay. So it makes sense why I got those vibes. Mm-hmm. And just reading this after that fact, but um, yeah, overall, it just it wasn't a super impressive album for me. Yeah, and honestly, a lot of what you just said is a lot of what um kind of popped into my head as I first listened to it. I I found myself kind of kind of raising both eyebrows and making the the kind of like oh that's gross kind of kind of face. Not really like the stank face like we've seen with especially our deathcore day where all of them I was it was so heavy that I made the face, but it this was more of like a um like I I had eaten an, a food that wasn't very good or like kind of kind of the taste of like this is bad just rotten was sour kind milk. Of, exactly yeah, like I that feel sour, like sour milk. milk. <laughs> um and kind of as you were saying, and we'll kind of jump into the musical review. I actually uh, just before we were starting the cast, is you uh, actually a review of the album, and I quote: "Is now before you've hit play, reading that the album will appeal to fans of Corn and Slipknot as much as it will please fans of Alice in Chains or Pantera raises the anticipation level tenfold." Um, and that's from v13.net uh, is the website that I had kind of briefly looked at the album review for. Um, and I can definitely see a lot of that. It's very much rooted in deathcore, mm-hmm. uh, but I also see elements of metalcore being sprinkled in, especially with some of the choruses where it's done in a clean vocal style. Mm-hmm. Um, the only issue, or actually I can't really say the only issue, <laughs> but if you if you listen to the choruses... It sounds like they're being sung like this the entire time. And it pained me as I as I listened to it. It it was it was a really unpleasant listen through. Uh some of the songs also reminded me of the era of All That Remains where they started really pushing into the rock direction, but we're still trying to sprinkle in the metalcore. It felt a lot like that. Mm, yeah. One of the many reasons I don't like all the remains. Anyway, we'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> um, musically, obviously, we kind of already bled into that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, was there any like other uh, specific things that you had noticed about it? 
there was, and I, I don't know if it was intentional. Um, and it, we're, we're, I'm going to definitely sprinkle in some of this with the lyrical review is it's hard to tell if this band is a serious band or if this band's a joke band, <laughs> especially in a couple of the solos is I can't tell if it's intentionally bad playing or if it's just somebody was trying to go past their skill level, but it was musicianship was very off and on. And when it was off, it was off. <laughs> yeah. Um, this one over like overall, like it wasn't, I, I didn't really notice a lot of the, the same like glaring issues that you did mm-hmm. it, for me, I guess probably just because I have a lot more background in, more avant-garde kind of stuff and yeah really weird things Mm -hmm. so i I guess hearing a lot of that kind of stuff didn't really like offset me as much as it did you but yeah just overall it kind of felt like we were back in like that 2000s uh like 2008 2010 era death where it was just kind of simple beat down down tempo kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. it just didn't have enough to keep attention and then the parts that did keep attention um specifically uh like altar of poison that one is stuck in my head i can't stand it yeah <laughs> but it's stuck in my head because that's the one where it's the looking at it now was it worth it honestly i don't even know it's the one that where he sounds like corn in the chorus bit okay and, and it has that like that really high lead line mm-hmm. and that's just like filled with a bunch of bends and stuff like that okay. it's just it's obnoxious to me yeah no, but that's um fair. yeah overall like it just it was meh at best yeah and then it, as we go into the lyrical content of it like it, it's kind of the same boat like like i said some of it is just kind of like they're not taking themselves seriously which mm-hmm. I, I respect that like i if you decide that you want to go with that by all means but then there's also like like we, we open up the the album with uh invictus under fire where it's like vengeance blood holds the only truth hate what you love welcome to the worst day of your life but then i found you forever in sickness it's all a lie like that doesn't scream i'm not taking myself serious yeah <laughs> and, and it's weird so lyrically it's a combination of okay like this is some decent lyrical writing and then there's also other parts of the album where like one of the a couple of the lines was we are not special. We are not like kind of just like that repeated mm-hmm. before the solo, which was absolutely sloppy. Uh, but it also felt like they took a lot of tropes that you find in metalcore and deathcore, and they're just like, hey, we're just gonna smooth brain, smooth brain it, and we're not gonna do any sort of metaphors. We're gonna say it as just plain as possible. And we're going to dumb it down as much as possible. And that's it. Yeah. And I think that's another reason this rubbed me quite wrong, at least with bands like, for example, Bro Job. You can tell through from front to back the song. Lyrically, it's over the top, but instrumentally, everything is perfect in regards to like what a deathcore band would be and mm-hmm. it's really appealing in that regard it's this really didn't hit that yeah i get that but moving on here uh we'll go ahead and uh go over the album cover before we jump into the track by track on this one here uh the album's a little bit different on this one it's going to be kind of another hard one to ex- uh, describe but uh, in the middle, we have two coffins crossing over almost like a Venn diagram. Mm-hmm. On the uh, left-hand side, we have a knife that also has built-in like brass knuckles uh, hanging downwards from like a little string uh, that shows kind of like the the number one. And then on the other side of the coffin, it's just like this big kind of uh, edgy-looking zero mm-hmm. indicating 10, 
for the last 10 seconds of life. Yeah. Um, surrounding those coffins, it's kind of just, I don't know, deathcore uh, calligraphy. It's like, yeah, it's almost <laughs> like deathcore font just as the border of it. Yeah, and so like it just has its edges and stuff like that. It goes down towards the bottom and has pointy things. It honestly, I, <laughs> That's all I got for it. Yeah, honestly, I didn't look enough into kind of who who the band was outside of the stuff that we typically talk about for the cast. But looking at the album cover, as I would assume, this is probably their just band logo, uh, just kind of like how the saw blade is Whitechapel's logo. Um, so and that's you would kind be of very what, wrong. <laughs> Oh, is it not? Yeah, so uh, I'll go ahead and show you here just like one of their other album covers, but like the the way that that font is right there. Yeah. That that's the way it looks on every other album cover except for this one. I wonder if they and were so, trying to do one of the like how a lot of brands are kind of rebranding themselves and doing the like new or almost new school yet like classic looking uh logo designs as i wonder if they were trying to do that and starting to kind of move in that direction yeah i would say that's probably my best guess or they're trying to capitalize because they've been around since like 2011 or so Mm -hmm. uh possibly a little bit earlier than that but um it's kind of the the same thing there where like or 2010 specifically Mm -hmm. uh here it is um, so it's possible that they're trying to capitalize on some of the, the older nostalgia kind of fields. That could be, honestly. So. Well, and it, yeah, because especially if you go back to the, the 2008 to 2010 era of Deathcore, is a lot of the big bands at the time were using pretty simple designs for mm-hmm. kind of like showing on the posters. Like the, the first one that comes uh, to mind is the Brothers of Destruction tour which was Whitechapel and Emir at mm-hmm. the time. And the, literally the the poster was the Whitechapel saw blade and then the Decepticon logo from Transformers, which was <laughs> supposed to be Emir, um, which is a cool callback to their song, Son of Cybertron, I mm-hmm. think is the title of it. So uh, neat little thing, but I feel like that's kind of the direction they're trying to push into. Yeah, I don't know. I liked a lot of their um, album art prior to, like specifically mm-hmm. the the last album that they did, Machina Non Grata. Uh, has a super sick uh, album. Oh, art that's that I would really cool! Really like that, that almost feel, seems like something that you would find on a death metal or grindcore artwork it, it, now. Yeah, it, it just feels like it's just right in flavor. Yeah, this one here, it just it doesn't really do much for me. It just, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't. There's nothing to read into yeah, here. Just definitely, there. definitely one that to to kind of look at just to see what it looks like, just so you can kind of understand. But honestly, you described it pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but from there, we'll go ahead and jump into the track by track view where we break it down. How Matt? Track by track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so first off, the album kicks off with Invictus Under Fire. Matt, why don't you go ahead and start us off? So this is a, a pretty good setting of expectations for what we're going to see musically um, as we would hope to see with a record. Um, There's no long intro with it that we've seen with other records. It just kind of jumps into it. And as you would quoted the welcome to the worst day of your life opening to the song is kind of like, okay, we're, we're in for a a little bit of a ride and uh, feels very much like a deathcore album. It doesn't stray too far out of what deathcore is supposed to be. You know, there may be a, an element trinkled in here, trinkled in there, just to, to kind of give it a little bit of that spice, but uh, nothing over over the top that kind of you know raises questions. Nor does it uh, make me feel t- anything outside of just the hey, this is a deathcore song. 
yeah, pretty much. Like, it was overall, like, it was a decent song. I mm-hmm. didn't hate it by any means. Yeah, no, it, I, same here. It had a nice groove to it and everything like that. It was a good way to kick off the album. Yeah. And I feel like it does set the tone fairly well. It doesn't really showcase a lot of the weird stuff that we're going to get onto mm-hmm. later on. Um, but overall, like, it was, it was a fine song. Yeah. And then jumping into the second song, which is, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, Zaffy isn't invited to the party. Yeah, that, that's probably the best pronunciation. Yeah. I don't really know. Um, so I, I, I looked it up uh, prior to um, Zaffy, if I believe it's the correct one that I'm finding here, uh, is the last name for a Norwegian metaphysician by the name of Peter Wessel Zaffy, mm-hmm. which um, he was an author, lawyer, mountaineer, and and. Uh, metaphysician he's often noted for his philosophically pessimistic and fatalistic view of human existence his system of philosophy was inspired by german philosopher arthur schopenhauer as well as his advocacy in antinatalism interesting all of that to say this dude was a really dark guy yeah and going in with the uh the lyrics of this song makes sense why he wasn't invited to the party oh, yeah because <laughs> <laughs> the, the, these are already really dark lyrics uh, it's um, it it has interpretation for sure. Yeah. Uh, so like uh, specifically, it's like injecting God. I chase the high fever dreams. I try to fight blood in blood out. Goodbye blood in blood out. Night night. Like he's likely talking about some sort of mm-hmm. like likely heroin or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But I'm um, just where wherein as God is the high that he's chasing. Um, that he's trying to just do anything to ease the pain. Yeah. Uh, which is, is said later or er, earlier on in the song where it's ever since I was a young boy, the writing was on the wall. The universe brought me to tears. My mind was too far fond and it kind of keeps going on there where it's just like, it's really dark. So he's trying to find some sort of cure to the pain. Yeah. That he's dealing with. Yikes. Yeah. Super dark, super heavy subject matter. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, overall, well, like I, I do like this song. Yeah. It, the song, the song isn't bad at all. Um, but honestly, the first time I had seen the song title, I'm like, okay, 2009 metal. Yeah, literally. Yes. I, I was thinking, okay, this is just devil wears Prada albums. <laughs> basically, basically. Uh, then we go into uh, the Sabbath, which is uh track number three. Uh, so there are lines sampled from There Will Be Blood, um, which is a, a film that's based on the novel Oi or something like that, or Oil. I can't, I can't really read this here. I'm blind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this one's an angry song. <laughs> this is a really angry song. <laughs> this one, this is where we start getting the weird stuff, mm-hmm. and... This is this is the point in the album where I started to really question my life choices. I was just listening to it. I'm like, what? Why is is this a thing? I. This is the one that you're referencing, where it's the we are not important, we are not special, That's we are it. not unique. Life yep. is, you know, it is an effing waste. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the quote there yeah because then because then it comes into the solo where it's just like oh this isn't this isn't a good solo no this this is just i'd recommend just looking at the lyrics on this one here like the the song is interesting too i listen to it read along with the lyrics because the the first two have nothing on this one yeah Uh, so yeah, that, that, that's really all I got for this one. Yeah, that's pretty much it for me. All right, Matt, go ahead and lead us into the next one. The following song is called Birth of the Butcher. 
Just um, a super metal name. <laughs> it really is. Like, if that doesn't scream deathcore, I don't know what does. Uh, it, it specifically reminded me of um, uh, Winds of Plague, uh, their third album, I believe it was, uh, where it opens up the album with um, Raise the Dead, and then it goes into One for the Butcher. Oh, one for the Butcher. Yep, that's that the one. Album, I want to say that was... It I think that was four. album three because I album think three number or four. four was Resistance. I believe you're correct. I think yeah. This uh, shows you how long it's been since we've listened to Winds of Plague yeah. because it's one of those bands that just like oh yeah they exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and it, they're they're one of those bands where it's like you know we you forget they exist and when they have the the hit songs it's like oh these guys slap but then you get into the other stuff and you're like it doesn't slap yeah. as hard it, exactly. It's like oh man this is gonna be good. This is gonna be, oh that. Meh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't have much to say on this. I actually, so full transparency, I have done zero notes for this cast. This is the first time in cast history I have done zero notes for the uh, for an episode. I listened to part of this song on my way here to Gabe's, so that way we can actually record. I don't remember the song. Yeah, it just so, kind of exists. So funnily enough, I also didn't do notes for this one. Um, hey. that, that really, and this is not showing our uh, our uh, what was the word? Irresponsibility. I'm for. I guess so. It's so much more just showing the lack of interest in this album. Yeah, this is one of those things where like it's Monday, and mm-hmm. we're like, what are we gonna even do? Matt yeah. suggested a few things that didn't come out until later. I suggested a few things that didn't come out until later. And then finally, I just looked and I'm like, okay, last 10 seconds of life. I think they're heavy. Let's just do them. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and at least being able to stay in flavor of the podcast, considering we're doing heavy material, is like we didn't want to go and like, hey, Poppy released something. I, I think she released a new song recently, but I don't think she did a new album. But like kind of in that mm-hmm. vein, um, this... It was it was tough, really, for the two of us. And Gabe and I kind of try to, as much as we can, keep our opinions separate from each other while we just kind of <laughs> talk in general. You know, in, in between exchanging of memes and uh, random things about Magic: The Gathering, but like we, this was one of the situations where the two of us kind of started letting letting the opinions kind of squeak out. And Matt hit me yesterday with like, "Yo, this album sucks." <laughs> It does, dude. <laughs> so that, that's kind of just a good that's indication just, yeah. of what, what the ending that's of the podcast at, is going to yeah. be. Um, but yeah, I didn't really have anything more for Birth of the Butcher. It's just your standard death core. Like, mm-hmm. there's nearly nothing more. Yeah. Um, what's not your standard death core is going to be Altar of Poison. Uh, so I mentioned this one a little bit earlier. This is the one that gets kind of corn vibes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's weird. So, like, we, we have, like, the, the this normal death core song, and then it... Uh, goes into the this I, I think it's the chorus where it's conjuring something from nothing denial is my muse I'm just avoiding the truth I can't pretend at night that I'm all alone while the devil sits by my side I'm just avoiding the truth mm-hmm. and then it has like this lead line that comes in like yeah, yeah okay yep I I know that one it, it, honestly that got stuck in my head and I think that was really the only thing about the song that made me like okay this is okay and i think it's be that was probably one of the best riffs on the record even though it was it was oddly appealing yet unappealing yeah, at the it, same it, time it has this almost abrasive quality to yeah. it yeah where like it's just this constant lead line playing in my head and i just want out yeah yeah <laughs> that's that's a good way to put it so I, I guess you know what good on them like they wrote a really catchy riff whether they meant to or not like mm-hmm. the, it it is stuck in my head whether i like it or not yeah which like 
I could, I could say that for a good for you by Olivia Rodrigo. Like it's a catchy riff, whether you like it or yeah. not. Blinding by the light, by the weekend, it's a banger of a song. It's going to be stuck in your head whether you like it or not. It's yeah. just things like that. So, uh, props to them for being a deathcore band and doing that. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, overall, um, the album or the the this particular song, it's okay. Yeah, that's kind of it, where it I'm shakes at. it up, and I feel like that's probably yeah. a good thing, especially given like the the track record of those first four songs. This is like the first uh, different break that we see. Mm-hmm. Um, and going forward, there is quite a few of them, but like for that first four songs, it was just kind of this conglomerate of deathcore, and then we go into this like corn inspired thing. Yeah, uh, and then we go into Guillotine Queen, which <laughs> it has the greatest soundbite ever. I love it so at the much. first ten seconds. Um, I it's. <laughs> It's, it's this late. I'm not sure what it's from. It sounds like it's actually from a movie because I think I've heard that quote from somewhere. I, I think so too. I'm gonna Google it real quick while you talk about this. Yeah, but it. So basically, the the lady's t- saying like, "Hey, don't call me ma'am, or I'm going to remove your balls and spleen and put them on a platter." Like kind of one of those things. But the the tone she had of it, and just the, how how it was presented, was a beautiful beautiful piece to add to this song and it just i ended up laughing at it because it was just so so good so it is uh julie white portraying mitzi dalton huntley from the tv series six feet under from an episode called knock knock in 2001 that's an obscure reference (laughs) wow i have never heard of this show before (laughs) apparently it has an 8.7 on imdb (laughs) I feel like I've heard the name of that show before. I just don't know how or why. I have no idea. It ran from 2001 to 2005. Good for uh, them, I, I guess. Don't, I can't figure out what network it was on. So that, that's okay. We're not a TV show yeah, podcast. Yeah, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's, it's the funniest <laughs> it's the funniest thing. I, I highly recommend you checking out this song just to hear that part. Oh, 100%. I think outside of the the good soundbite is the song overall was pretty met as well. I think I, just trying to remember the song right I liked now. this one um, personally. Like it, it, This one was a lot more simplistic in the lyrics. It was mm-hmm. very repetitive. Yeah. Um, there was the, uh, the phrases, I don't want to see you again. I just want to wear you on my sleeve. Foul mouth beauty. I believe in the guillotine queen. Um, yeah, that, that's it, like the main riff throughout the whole thing, and then there, there's obviously some other spots and or some other things that they talk about, but um, like that's the main phrase that they use. Mm-hmm. So th- this one here is a lot more noticeable. Yeah. Um. So I like this one. I, I would say if I had to pick a favorite, th- this would definitely be it. Honestly, not I just for probably, the soundbite, but I would probably <laughs> end up saying the same thing. Um, I think just because there's a lot of the other songs that I just recall listening to, and and as we'll get into, is a lot of them are just forgettable or just remembered for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think honestly, with you kind of reading the lyrics, as it kind of reminded me, but. In some ways, the song's also a bit forgettable in ways outside of, again, that soundbite <laughs> itself. Which, and just for the record, I'm a sucker for soundbites. Yeah. Um, like, still to this day, one of my favorite soundbites is there's a uh, song called Bringing Down Hell by the Order of Elijah. 
it's very much like the old 2008's Deathcore. Uh-huh. But um, like they go into like this weird electronica breakdown where everything just kind of mellows out. And then it plays the bit from Napoleon Dynamite where she's like, Tina, you fat lord, come get some dinner. And then it just goes straight into Are this all-out breakdown. It is I amazing. I love that. I love that. <laughs> it is amazing. Uh, so to go check out The Order of Elijah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, just I'll plug them because Shannon's a cool dude. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on from Guillotine Queen, we go into track seven, Hate What You Love. This is also an angry song, m- much like uh, much like The Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in the, the same boat, too, where this one here is really just kind of like, okay, well, you think it's so easy to be me, then we'll come take a step in my shoes. Yeah, and honestly, I think this, this was the song that kind of drove i was getting um bad flowers vibes uh, especially with their newest record just like the the portrayal of everything and it, it was kind of a combination of bad flower meets attila all in this like death course shell now that you say that i can't unsee it and yeah. i hate you for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah um Wow. Okay, I'm not getting over that one. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, we're, we're, you're gonna need to marinate with that one. Uh, yeah, I really am because like it, very much it, it is like it, it's kind of one of those unforgivably honest. Yeah. Uh, like Bad Flower does, while also just having the normal like just anger and and attrition that Attila does. Yeah. No, and I I think that was. It actually included the line in there that was talking about lining up a bunch of shots. And uh, unless I'm mixing it up with another song, but like I was just really getting that Attila vibe because it's like, hey, we're going to party. But like, I'm also a bad guy and like or like kind of portraying myself as the bad guy. And I it didn't sit right with me because I feel like it was where Bad Flower did a really good job of presenting it. I feel like it was just not a very great portrayal of that yeah, it's, idea. it's not a very uh tactful song no no absolutely <laughs> not yeah um i i i would start reading some lyrics but it is so profane laden that i don't really know that the message would come across <laughs> yeah honestly that's fair so we'll just move on there um and what's probably going to be matt's favorite song right here is vampire a blood ballad <laughs> so i talk about my roommate a lot here on the podcast I've met I've met roommate. He's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. So I'm sitting here listening to the this song specifically, and it starts immediately, and I'm making this face of just I'm not having a good time. And I think my roommate had actually walked into his room for a minute and then came out and looked at me like, What are you <laughs> listening to? And he the way he described it has honestly sat with me and i stand by it it's basically glee it's just a glee metal song goth glee goth glee <laughs> i gloth gleef <laughs> i this needs to get thrown in the trash with the newest escape the fate record it needs to go in the same garbage can that seven nation army is like it just needs to go there and never ever ever show its face like this is this is where the vampire like that kind of singing is just prominent through it and it's so distasteful that i this is if somebody was like hey 
how would you describe this band? I would play this song and say, they're probably a joke band. Turn it off, and then I'd feel bad for the person who had to listen to it. So I love this song. I'm just <laughs> I was about to throw hands. So I don't hate it as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like it, to, yeah. to be clear. I, I would put this one, it, I, I would still put it in the same Escape the Fate category you did, but I would throw it in with Burn the Bridges, which is probably the least offensive song on that record. Okay. Um, so it, while it's still just surrounded by offensiveness, it still has like its okay moments. Yeah. Um, like there, there, there are some decent parts to this song that aren't just the singing vampire stuff. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the other thing that kind of bothered me about it it it, it, it is probably putting it lightly is this is where the the smooth brain really comes in and it feels like it's like okay let's just talk about what a vampire is and that's it like they because it's there's literally a, a see a line in there where it's like hey i'm gonna put this wooden stake through your lifeless heart i will drive this stake through your listless heart under yeah. moonlit flood at time will turn to dust yeah, no, the song literally is just about vampires. Like I, I vampire the Wikipedia page. <laughs> basically, <laughs> I'm I'm looking at it. I'm I'm looking through the lyrics right now. Like there's nothing here. There, like, there's not. We must kill the offspring at night. March at dawn at the castle high above the sun. Expel this monster once and for all. Decapitate, then eviscerate the golden rule. Only we can save future souls. Mm-hmm. Empire of blood, ancient shapeshifting ghoul. Your time is up. Your time is up. You're effing done. Eyes like the fire burning burning bright in the halls. They rage at this thought of the final revenge. Vampire, you want to snuff me out? Try to drink my own blood. Aim to put me down. <laughs> so, like, unless this song is just really going all in on this person that they're talking about being just a, a blood-sucking vampire mm-hmm. in a metaphorical sense, this song's about vampires. Yeah. <laughs> um, then... Moving on into uh, track nine uh, of the 14-track album, which is a little excessive to me, but that's personal preference, uh, we go to Glory Be to Misery. Um, I feel like this one here is a little bit... It, th- this is another one of the catchier songs on the record. Um, this is, again, kind of one of the more least offensive ones mm-hmm. uh, to, to me personally. Yeah, I could definitely see it being the less offensive. It was. It's still another one of those ones where... The clean, you know, clean sung chorus kind of comes in and it's just not put in the right place. And mm-hmm. I think this was the the song, another one of the songs where it really reminded me of the um, and to be completely honest, where Gabe Gabe kind of stated his opinion. I'm a fan of All That Remains. They're, they were pretty much my gateway into metalcore. Um, so I, I have a huge amount of love and respect for them. But there was an era of them. I think it was between 2012 and 2014, 2015, where it was just was not good. This really reminded me of that era of all that remains, especially when you look at the instrumentals uh, and how they were kind of composed. That's fair. It just, there, there was offensive, maybe not vocally or lyrically, but musically it was kind of offensive. Mm -hmm. It just was kind of, icky is probably a good way to put it it's just generically meh yeah exactly yeah that, other than that i don't really have much um the other thing that really irritates me about the song is the song title is glory b2 the number two misery mm-hmm. i've always hated that kind of just concept in song titles and stuff like that just the 
personal preference. I yeah. Hate it. <laughs> and honestly, I wonder if, you know, if this is a situation where the band is a joke band, is they're really leaning into that gimmick, but there's a lot of some of the research that Gabe and I did actually sitting across from each other is we weren't really able to find anything leaning one way or the other. So it, it's kind of a hit or miss. Um, yeah. But we'll jump into the next song, which is Wasted, and then in parentheses, Interlude. It's a minute and 40 seconds of, well, honestly, what just sounds like hype music that plays before a band it, a band gets on stage. 47 seconds, not a minute and 47 oh, seconds. I, oh, I, might, I was going to say, is it really that long? <laughs> I, you know what? I might be confusing it with one of the other... Um, Oh yeah, no, I, I can see the timestamp, forty six seconds. I want you know what? I wonder if re- regardless, I, I, don't I know just write it wrong. Man. Um it just seems like that like I said, just the hype music that you would catch before a band gets on stage just uh, you know, trying to get the crowd going. That's pretty much all it is. Unintended, it's a wasted track. Anyway. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> uh Sickness in Seattle is gonna be uh track eleven here. I'll be honest. I don't even remember this one. I don't either. It's it's just forgettable. I I want to say because I recall the name specifically from listening to it actually earlier today. Um, I think just today I li- I've listened to the record front to back three or four different times. Um, and something something popped up that made me say, okay, I need to make a mental note of this song. I just can't recall what it was, and it and unfortunately it just falls into the category of like it's almost like the end of, end of the record kind of dip that we see mm-hmm. a lot of records do. Um, so that's kind that's really kind of where I'm at with this one. Yeah, I I just I just genuinely don't remember what what this one is. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's really it on that one. Yeah. Uh, then we go into Suicide Watch. Another interlude. Is it? Yeah. Um, I I literally I, I literally like fast forwarded through it. I just was like, okay, here, 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 <laughs> and I was like, okay, there's no vocals. It's an interlude. It's too many. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, th- I'm just not even gonna bother with it at this point. <laughs> it, it's uh, and uh, honestly, I I, I don't want to speak for you, Gabe. I know for me, pretty much from wasted onward is the whole record is forgettable like uh, very I, I honestly so. yeah yeah the, the the last song that actually has any sort of lyrics anything like that is going to be a lesson on self-preservation which is track 13 um the this one contrary to the rest of the record seems to be a little bit more hopeful mm-hmm. um it's just it's kind of a, kind of an anti-suicide note mm-hmm. <laughs> um like it just reading through the lyrics like it's kind of hard to say that it is because like it opens up a lesson on self-preservation embrace yourself block out the ill will of fools time will swallow you stay sovereign and in control Mm -hmm. real happy stuff yeah i present you uh i present to you a lesson learned things will only get worse because it never gets better great cool survive by seeking others who dwell in the darkness just like you Okay, I get that. You know, f- locate people who are kind of like so, in the same situations so, okay, as you. Okay, so as as you're reading this, you want to know what I'm hearing. What are you hearing? I am hearing a motivational speaker. Like, they literally just recorded a motivational speaker talking, and they just were like, okay, we're going to we're gonna scream these words. Like, it, it's motivational speaker song. 
Matt, we got to talk about your motivational speaking, man, because uh, that ain't it. <laughs> this well, is mean, Gleeth mo- motivational <laughs> speaking. <laughs> Welcome to the Gleeth metal. Yeah, um, like this this song definitely is like the most ballady of uh, all yeah. the tracks on the album. It's not that bad, but it's just kind of it, like it, it definitely comes at the uh, the album fatigue portion mm-hmm. of it. it. It's kind of a little bit longer of an album. It's at fifty one minutes. And uh, with 14 songs, though, it is um, just kind of there. Yeah, no, on it, and that's kind of the same thing. Is nothing I recall really poked itself out on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and then was, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say it was. It was kind of nice to hear vocals on a song again. Um, I'm not a huge fan of John's vocals, uh, but at the same time, is like I can kind of respect what he's trying to do um i i think it's just really it was just the album fatigue is kind of what what was getting me at that point that's fair but uh and then finally it finishes out with a, another instrumental track which is a uh, procession um it just kind of compounds on the uh, musical themes that we saw in mm-hmm. the the last song there and there really isn't much else to it no honestly it's it was kind of a cool bookend just in how they went from this very chaotic deathcore sound into kind of a, a almost more acoustic, but much more uh, just soft ending to it. So I, I think I think it was a cool, good way to close out the record. Mm-hmm. It's just I think having three different interludes slash instrumentals in the song in a record and having them so closely packed together. Yeah, um, I, th- I think was really where the. The stake got put in the lifeless heart. <laughs> yeah, so that that's gonna do it for the uh, the track by track breakdown on this one, Matt. On a scale of one to eight tentacles, where are you at? I'm gonna guess you're at a two. I want to say a two, but honestly, because I want to just never listen to this record again, I think I'm gonna put it at a one. Mm. I just it's. When when the when the good things are good, like they're okay, but when it's bad, it's bad. And it, again, just unappealing. I didn't. There wasn't enough in it that wanted to keep me uh, keep my attention. And also, as I was listening to the record, is I just kept wanting it to turn it off. And I, I think that's what warrants the one. I wouldn't even recommend it to somebody. I wouldn't even recommend it to my arch enemy like somebody who i just hate with every fiber of my being i wouldn't even recommend it to them it's like it's one of those records i would love to meet the arch enemy of matt that sounds fantastic <laughs> um yeah i'm not quite in the same boat as you it, it's gonna be anything up at about a three for me um, that, that, I, that's respectable it, it, if i did the halves i would definitely put it like a two and a half because i don't feel like it's a day to remember offensive mm-hmm. but at the same time like it just it really didn't have much to offer for me it, like there's a few things but nothing that's getting added to my playlist or anything like that. Yeah, it was just kind of one of those. It's like, yeah, it happened. Um, I'm just gonna move on from here. Would that have been the first point five that you've ever done for the podcast? If I did it, yeah, yeah. But no, I didn't do it. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I didn't do a point five either. <laughs> and that's gonna wrap up our breakdown for the last second, last ten seconds of life's <laughs> self-titled record. And what we're going to jump into is our hidden track where we're going to talk about something in the world of music that maybe really doesn't pertain to this record in particular. And 
Um, Gabe, why don't you give us your uh, your find this week? So I got a couple things. Okay. Um, so first off, I've got a, a couple concerts that I'm going to be hitting up here in the month of February that I am so hyped for. So uh, upcoming uh, here uh, Friday, we're recording this on Wednesday, the uh, 2nd. Uh, unfortunately, the not Tuesday of 2022. Yeah. It's the biggest sad. But um, so I'm going to be seeing Obscura. Uh, they were supposed to be on tour with uh, Abysmal Dawn, but unfortunately Abysmal Dawn dropped off. I cannot remember the other two supporting acts, but I'm really excited to see Obscura. Mm-hmm. And then my buddy band, my buddy's band, uh, Coleman, he must, he's the vocalist for uh, Apocalypse Pony. Okay. Uh, they're going to be opening up, so I'm really hyped to see them. So I'm going to be seeing them do that. On the 12th, I plan on seeing Nile with I Am. And, uh, That'll be cool. And uh, they're also going to be with Incantation and Sing Wissabog, I believe it is. Okay. Uh, and then the 20th is, uh, I'm, funnily enough, I'm actually going to be seeing Last 10 Seconds of Life because they're supporting Cattle Decapitation <laughs> along with Gate Creeper and uh, Extinction AD, and I'm really excited to see Cattle Decapitation. Yeah. Um, all that to be said, I get to see a lot of cool new uh, cool new uh, bands, and one of those new bands I'm going to be seeing is I Am. So uh, my barber, he's a, a really good buddy of mine. We go to a bunch of uh, shows together and stuff like that, but uh, he... I was talking with him about the Nile show, and he was asking me who was there. I'm like, I honestly don't know. I'm going just for Nile. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Incantation, Sanguisabog, and I Am. He's like, I Am's going to be there. I'm going. And so I'm like, why is this? And then he proceeded to show me for half an hour straight what I Am is, and it's like Pantera meets Kublicon, and it is phenomenal. It is just straight Texas beat down hardcore, and I am here for it. <laughs> Sounds like an absolute. It, it, it is just. It, it's so chaotic, but at the same time, like, imagine the best breakdowns of any hardcore music that you're going to be listening to, mm-hmm. and that's all of it. Okay. They're like every song is just four breakdowns. <laughs> you go from a two-step breakdown to just your mosh breakdown to a circle pit to another two-step and then the song's over like that kind of formula it's fantastic these guys like they've been around since like 2014 or something like that somehow i've completely missed them on my radar wow. i'm so excited to get back to get into them because it's just it's been a blast that's <laughs> that sounds like an absolute blast yeah. what do you got for us so uh Mashuga actually dropped a new song recently oh, yeah. called the abysmal eye I have not listened to much Meshuggah. I on, think on a really, scale of I to abysmal, how is <laughs> uh, is it anything like Bleed? Kind of, because <laughs> Bleed's arguably their biggest song. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's just a yeah. It was good. I've only listened to it once, and it was actually do off of a reaction video from Nick Nocturnal on YouTube. Um, the song was fine. Um, the technicality that band has is astronomically. And they were the original gent, really. Yeah. And the they continue to carry it. Uh, there was a little bit uh, uh, that I can recall is it wasn't just straight genting like Bleed was, mm-hmm. but there's a little bit of like breakups and the tempo changes. So you'll see. Okay, here's a tempo change here. Here's another one, and then they'll kind of like almost bounce between tempos. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's a kind of really neat song. I definitely recommend listening to it. Just a, a fun little, almost mindless thing, but okay. just it's it's a good it's a good time. I respect it. 
but that's that's all I got. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to catch all that much this last yeah, week. Yeah, it's been a weird week for the both of us. Yeah. So um, next week we'll be back with a, a little bit more punch mm-hmm. uh, as well. But um, yeah, we do appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to us. You can find us on all sorts of uh, social medias. You can find us on uh, Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter. No, not Twitter. We're not doing Twitter yet. <laughs> 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 TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, all at TentacleBop. Yeah, there Please it is. do remember to like, rate, and subscribe. Um, comment your guys' thoughts. If you guys are thinking this record's a lot better than we're giving it credit for, please let us know. Um, still a little sad about the one star. Yeah, don't let us got. know in your one star ratings. Yeah, Just let us would... know in comments. <laughs> yeah, um, um, we do have some really cool things that we're getting set up for. So be on the lookout for those. We're going to be announcing those next month, and that'll be a, that'll be a, quite the quite the doozy. Uh, I think I think. I think you guys will definitely enjoy it. It's kind of kind of a nice little mix up, but it's also going to kind of keep a little bit of the. Um, kind of what we've been we've been doing yeah, now for the big, almost big year. changes yeah. for sure. Just we'll leave it at big changes and call it that. But uh, that being said, we will see you later. Catch you in the next one. <laughs>